Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2,200 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. This year's sheep producers from across the state have experienced a rise in pneumonia in their lambs. In this episode of It's Time For You, I have invited Dr. Joan Lloyd to talk with me to find out more about the problem and the challenges facing growers at the moment. Dr. Lloyd completed her veterinary training at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan and her postgraduate training in veterinary pathology and immunology at the University of Sydney. Since completing her postgraduate training, she has worked extensively in research roles for the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries within the pharmaceutical industry and for livestock industries. During this time, she has developed a close working relationship with the Australian sheep industry and has a good understanding of the health and welfare challenges we face. Joan's consulting business established in 2008 has developed a strong reputation for providing well thought out veterinary science support to the Australian livestock industries. Welcome Joan and thank you for joining me today on It's Time For You. Thanks Fiona, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Joan, we had a great webinar which we did last week on pneumonia in lambs and this topic and we had excellent feedback from farmers about how um, well received it was to receive the information at the moment. So it's obviously quite topical. So let's kick right off and get into it and talk about exactly what is bacterial pneumonia in sheep. Yes, thanks, uh, Fiona. It was a very good uh, webinar that that we had last week. And um, I during the webinar, we, we spoke about a few things. And we started off by talking about what we know about bacterial pneumonia in sheep. And, and it's actually, we know quite a lot. And bacterial pneumonia is part of the ovine respiratory complex, or ORC. And when stress from adverse weather conditions, mixing groups of lambs and sheep, overcrowding, or transport occur on top of an existing mycoplasma over pneumonia or viral infection, the sheep's immune system is suppressed. And when this happens, other bacteria that normally live inside the nose and throat of sheep without causing harm, colonize the trachea and the bronchi, which are the windpipe and the airways in the lungs, where they, these bacteria grow and secrete toxins. And these toxins cause inflammation and tissue destruction and an acute bronchopneumonia development develops. A, a bronchopneumonia just means that the um, inflammation and disease is affecting both the airways and the lung tissue itself. And Joan, how long have we known about mycoplasma over pneumonia? Well, Fiona, we've actually known about mycoplasma over pneumonia for um, uh, 60 years, and um, mycoplasma over pneumonia was first isolated from two large sheep flocks in southern Queensland in the 1960s, 
And these sheep flocks had shown poor growth rates and reduced exercise um, tolerance for some years. And um, this research was done, uh, there was research done by the CSIRO in uh, Queensland. Uh, and what they did was they took the ground um, lungs from the lambs on these farms um, that were affected with pneumonia, and they uh, injected that ground lung tissue into the windpipe of cesarean-born lambs. And these lambs went on to develop pneumonia. The researchers then isolated the causative agent, a mycoplasma, in cell culture. And what they um, found was that this new mycoplasma um, was very uh, difficult to grow and didn't grow on standard mycoplasma media. And mycoplasma, just to be clear for our listeners, is a bacteria. Does it differ from our other normal bacteria that we think of? Yes, it does. So you're right, Fiona, mycoplasma is a type of bacteria, but the mycoplasmas are very small compared to other bacteria. And an, another important difference is that they don't have a cell wall, only a cell membrane. And this is really important because many antibiotics work by weakening the cell wall of bacteria. And since mycoplasma don't have a cell wall, antibiotics like penicillin aren't effective against them. That's very interesting. I actually remember that point that you made in the webinar about that, and it was, um, yeah, something I definitely didn't know. Can you tell us, from a grower's point of view, what symptoms they could be expecting in their sheep if they had pneumonia in the flock? Yes, uh, Fiona, so things that people can look for and things that people often notice first is coughing, and um, the sheep might have runny noses, um, they may be, um, have exercise intolerance, which means that it's more difficult for them to um, exercise and, and breathe at the same time. So they might be panting. They might have mouth breathing. Um, uh, there might be unexplained um, deaths, um, lambs not putting on weight, as, as you would expect. And the other thing that can happen associated with the coughing is um, rectal prolapse, uh, just from the force of the coughing. Um, and that occurs especially if lambs have been docked too short. So anything shorter than the third um, palpable joint in the tail, um, if those lambs then get, that have been short docked, get pneumonia, then they are at increased risk of rectal prolapse. And Joan, how contagious is it within the flock? Well, they, um, it's, it does pass, um, easily from, uh, from sheep to sheep. And um, what the early researchers um, did in, in addition to that first experiment that I, I spoke about is that they then went on and did some infection studies where they infected lambs again by the, intra, um, the injection into the windpipe by aerosol. So they created a mist and also by contact with infected lambs. And they also exposed ewes um, to infected lambs. And uh, what they found doing that is that most of, of the ewes and lambs um, developed uh, signs of respiratory disease. So they started wheezing between three and, days, three and 10 days after infection. And wheezing is a sign of constriction in, in the airways or the presence of thick secretion in, a, in one of the bronchial tubes, narrowing the um, 
lumen or the inside of the airway and in inhibiting airflow. So um, it does pass easily from, from infected animal to, um, to uninfected animals. And when we look at the mycoplasma bacteria that's involved, are there many different strains that we're dealing with? Um, yes, so uh, there hasn't been a lot of research done in Australia since the uh, initial isolation of, of the mycoplasma. Uh, but uh, internationally, there's there's been uh, quite a bit of work, especially in the UK, and, and they have found that there are multiple strains of, of mycoplasma over pneumonia. In my own research work that I've been doing um, since um, 2016, just in, in a small way, I've um, found um, both the uh, original strain that was isolated in Queensland, which is called the Y98 strain. I've, I've, I've isolated that, as well as um, a, a couple of, of other strains, um, strains that are, have been reported overseas. Um, I, I, to do the finding out the strains, I, I send the samples off after I've cultured the mycoplasma. I send them off to the Australian Genome Research Foundation in, in Melbourne, where they do the genomic sequencing for me. Um, I, I haven't done too many because it's, it, it, even though it's a wonderful service, it, it is a bit expensive. And, and so just because I've been a bit limited, I, after I, I got two or three different strains, I, I decided um, to stop and not do any more strain typing. That's interesting. Jonan, with your research that you've done across um, Australia, is the disease present in all our growing states and within New South Wales too? Um, how's it distributed, do you find, throughout the regions? Well, what I, I have found, I've, I've sampled um, sheep, or I, I do my sampling in abattoirs, and the first um, isolate that I got was um, from um, an abattoir in South Australia, and, and that was from a cull from the Mallee region of South Australia. And uh, I've also um, had positive results from uh, sheep sourced from Victoria and, and also from New South Wales. Um, I, um, to date, I haven't sampled um, animals from um, Tasmania or Western Australia. I, I have sampled some um, animals sourced from Queensland, and I, I'm just working on those samples at the moment. Um, in terms of um, sampling uh, in New South Wales, um, I've started uh, I've started a, a second or phase of abattoir survey uh, work, and this commenced in October with some funding that I've received from. Um, Animal Health Australia and MLA. And so in the first reporting period, which was October to December last year, uh, I found mycoplasma over pneumonia positive lungs in carcasses sourced um, from the Braidwood, Central Tablelands, Coonabarabran, Dubbo, Goulburn, Gundagai, Hay, Taralga, Tamora, Wagga Wagga, Wentworth, Volcania, Yass and Young Districts. And I, I'm currently sampling in the northern half of the state and um, we'll be back um, up there in uh, the second week of May. And so I hope within a, a, um, the next couple of months to ha have sampled um, more widely across um, the northern part of New South Wales. 
Hmm, that's a huge distribution there. Joan, did you find that there was um, any interaction between different breeds of sheep or their age? No, I, I haven't found uh, any interaction in, in terms of breed. And that was some from some work that I did in uh, in South Australia in 2015, where I, I looked at 221 uh, consignments uh, of lambs going through an abattoir in, in that state. And I didn't find any um, impact of breed. And that's the same as research that's been done overseas. So research in, in New Zealand and um, also in North America has indicated that there isn't a, a breed difference. Um, but there is a, um, a region and also an age difference. So what um, the early researchers found was that lambs are in infected soon after birth from the ewe, but it, it takes a couple of months for the um, clinical pneumonia. So the pneumonia that, that we can see in terms of coughing or a, a runny nose, it takes a couple of months before that becomes evident. And in my research, I, I did find a difference in age. So I, I found um, that lambs were more um, affected than young lambs. And in terms of region, uh, I did find in, in South Australia, there was a regional difference. Uh, I found more um, affected carcasses from Kangaroo Island and, and also from the Mallee region. I haven't sampled enough in New South Wales yet to to know whether there are any regional differences in New South Wales. Joan, moving to a different um, tax for a minute, what role, we spoke about this in our webinar, if anyone wants a little bit more information about it, but I found it quite interesting. What role does para-influenza play? Yes, so the para-influenza virus is, is um, very common in, in sheep. Uh, it, normally causes just a mild respiratory disease and um, it infects lambs when they're grouped together for any um, for any reason things like husbandry procedures weaning and um, it usually goes through a, a group of lambs uh, very quickly and um, within a few days most of the lambs will have a, um, a, a runny nose a, a possibly runny eyes and coughing a bit really uh, the like the equivalent of a um, head cold in sheep um, some outbreaks are so mild that you don't notice any clinical signs, but the problems problems occur when um, the sheep are, are fighting off a virus and they're stressed for any other reason. And um, what happens then is uh, the bacteria that are, are normally in the nose and the throat can get down into the lungs. You just mentioned that stresses are a big problem leading to pneumonia, what are the major stresses that we should be really mindful of on farm? Well, I, I think, Fiona, I, uh, there are a number of things that we need to be mindful of in, in terms of stress. And I, I really like the way uh, Spanish researchers describe this. And what they say is that pneumonia often becomes evident about critical, after critical moments in a lamb's life. So if we think about the, uh, the first year of life of a lamb, they do actually go through a number of very stressful critical events. Um, so they're marked, they're weaned, uh, they're shorn for the first time, and some of the lambs will enter a feedlot. And all of those events are, are stressful for a lamb because it's the first time um, um, for shearing and and uh, and 
and other uh, husbandry procedures. And, and so we, I think this is a good way to think about it. These uh, critical moments in a lamb's life are times when stress will be increased. And feedlots obviously are part of that, which you've just said, because grouping animals together at all these events lead to can lead to pneumonia and exacerbate the problem. Is there is there something we should be mindful of to try and minimise the risk? Yes, in in a feedlot situation, you're right, Fiona. We we often have um, lambs from from many different sources being brought together, and um, those lambs may have travelled a, a fair distance to get there um, to the feedlot. Um, they may have been off feed for for a period of time. So what's been um, found in, in research uh, done in both Spain and, and North America is that pneumonia in feedlot lambs normally occurs in two peaks. So the first one is associated, and these peaks occur two and four weeks after feedlot entry. Uh, the first peak is associated with that stress of transport and induction to the feedlot. So anything that people can do to re reduce a, the stress a, around uh, transport and the stress around um, um, induction to the feedlot and, and putting the lambs on, onto feed and anything that can be done to try and make that easier for the sheep is, is good. Um, the second peak is associated that occurs around four weeks after feedlot um, entry has been associated with outbreaks of coccidiosis. And coccidia are, are very small single-celled parasites that live in the gut of, of sheep. Uh, most lambs you have a good um, immunity to them, but if they're um, stressed for other reasons or, or held um, under high stocking density, then um, coccidiosis can become a problem. Uh, what's been found is that lambs that have coccidiosis are twice as likely to develop pneumonia as lambs that don't have coccidiosis. Um, so, and coccidia, coccidia can be seen um, when people when a worm egg count is done. So, if if people are experiencing this when they, or, or having problems around that four week after feedlot entry. A worm egg count um, can be done, and you can ask uh, for coccidia to be looked for. And if they're if they're a problem, then there's something that can be put into the feed of the animals to control that. It's a prescription only medication, so uh, you'll need to talk to your um, vet about that. Joan, when we think about in the human world anyway, I suppose, when we think about influenza and pneumonia in our older population, we often associate it with winter and coldness and moisture, and that's when we have more of a problem. Is it the same for sheep? Well, it's actually um, different in sheep. Um, so uh, the weather that sheep find the most difficult to deal with is the hot, dry, uh, windy weather, especially when there's raised dust. So in Australia, with in pneumonia in sheep, we, we often refer to it as summer pneumonia. And um, there's been some very nice work done in Spain where they've demonstrated in, in a feedlot situation that it's the hot and dry conditions. So what they found was when the average daily temperature is above 23 to, 5, to 25 degrees and relative humidity down less than 50%, um, that actually you get an increase in, in the rate of mycoplasma infection in the lambs. 
I've um, I've also had a, a number of producers tell me that they think that um, that hot dry wind is um, they think that brings on problems in in their sheep so that fits with the research in Spain and then another issue is is raised dust and um, there's been some work in in humans in in West Africa where they've clearly demonstrated that raised dust is is um, associated with pneumonia, especially during hot dry conditions. And over the past uh, couple of years, with the prolonged drought in in eastern Australia, or maybe up until the last couple of years, because this has been a very good season. But prior to that, for several years, we we did have um, a lot of very hot, dry, windy conditions with a lot of raised dust. So. That may be why we've seen quite a bit of pneumonia over the past few years. Once the sheep get pneumonia, will they make a full recovery or will or should we be looking at culling them from the flock? Well, it's just like when um, respiratory disease in, in us, you know, some people get over an infection quickly and it doesn't cause them any long term problems, whereas other people get really sick and have all sorts of issues. So it's it's the it's the same in um, sheep. So some animals will be exposed and and not too much problem, um, whereas others will um, have uh, really significant issues. Um, what um, what's been found in in research overseas is that the mycoplasma bacteria, mycoplasma ovum pneumonia, it, it persists in a flock in chronic carrier animals. So these are animals that have been exposed to the mycoplasma for whatever reason, haven't been able to clear it from, from their lungs and, and develop an ongoing chronic infection and shed the mycoplasma bacteria from their nose. And, and these, these animals are the source of, of infection for, for other animals in the flock. And what I see in uh, abattoirs is that I see a, a significant percentage of um, both cullews and rams that have evidence of chronic uh, pneumonia. So their their lungs are abnormal. And um, in some instances, I've even seen uh, rams where they have one completely collapsed lung. Um, so that, that animal certainly has been unable to deal with the mycoplasma infection. And Joan, those symptoms that you're seeing within the abattoir, they must be leading to a lot of production loss in lambs, ewes and rams? Yes, I, I, I think they, they, they definitely would, Fiona. So there are the losses um, associated um, just in the abattoir itself. And uh, because of the, the amount of trimming that has to happen, a, a lot of the chronically infected animals, not only do they have problems in their lungs, but they also have a problem with the membrane that covers the outside of the lungs and the inside of the rib cage. That's called the pleura. And what can happen in chronically infected animals because of, of that um, inflammation of that pleura, you get what are called adhesions, which are just fibrous um, scar tissue between the lungs and the inside of the rib cage. It's very difficult to fully eviscerate those carcasses in an um, abattoir. Um, and those animals have to um, often have to have their ribs trimmed out of them uh, to be able to eviscerate them. And, and so that's a, a loss uh, not only to the producer when they're being paid uh, at the scale based on carcass weight, but it's also a significant loss inside the plant. 
As well as that, um, researchers in New Zealand have found um, that um, there's an effect of pneumonia on average daily gain of lambs uh, when greater than 20% of the lung surface area is affected. And what they found is that at that level of, of lung disease, average daily gain um, was reduced by around 71 grams per day. And with what I see in abattoirs, there's a significant percentage of, of, of lambs that have uh, more than 20% of the lung surface area affected. Yeah, it's certainly quite significant, Joan. What should producers be doing if they're suspecting pneumonia? So the first thing, there's a couple of things uh, that producers can do. The, the first uh, First thing I, I think it's good to do is, is for people to find out their mycoplasma over pneumonia infection status. My research is revealing a really very widespread infection with this bacteria in Australian sheep. And so I think the first thing that's useful for people to do is, is to find out their infection status. If people are lucky enough not to be infected with the bacteria, then they certainly, their aim should be to stay that way. And um, to do that, the people would need to practice high levels of farm biosecurity and also quarantine and test all new arrivals. So if you're in this situation and you're buying in rams, um, then I, I strongly urge you to quarantine and, and test them all um, um, to make sure that they're free of infection. If people do the um, testing and find out they have mycoplasma over pneumonia in the flock, um, then that's also a valuable piece of information because it, it means that you need to be aware that that infection puts your lambs and sheep at increased risk of clinical pneumonia. And so you need to develop a plan for, for managing that. And um, there's a couple of, of ways to approach that. One is to try and reduce or uh, separate those stressors that I spoke about before um, that increase the risk of pneumonia. So um, what's been found in New Zealand, if you're, um, if you're currently um, shearing at the same time as um, weaning, um, then separating those two um, events out will decrease the risk of pneumonia. Um, you might also uh, speak to your veterinarian about treatment options for animals that develop clinical pneumonia. Um, thing about treating respiratory disease in, in any animal is it's important um, to um, start treating quickly. And, um, and so it's a good idea to have a, a discussion with your veterinarian uh, before you're, you're in a situation where you have a lot of sheep with clinical pneumonia because that is in itself a welfare issue. And Joan, just a little bit more about the testing. They can get the testing done through your consultancy business, Joan Lloyd Consulting. That's right. So from my research, I've developed a molecular test for mycoplasma over pneumonia that works on nasal swabs. So the use of nasal swabs to detect mycoplasma over pneumonia is something that was suggested in the 1960s by researchers in Victoria. Uh, it wasn't taken up at that time because the mycoplasma bacteria are so difficult to grow. But new molecular techniques um, mean that we don't have to try and, and um, keep the mycoplasma bacteria alive between the farm and the lab. And it also means that we don't have to do that really difficult culture technique. 
Um, instead, we, you can use, we can use a molecular technique um, called polymerase chain reaction, where what we do is just for, um, detect the D DNA from the bacteria on the nasal swabs. And so I've um, developed a kit that, that people could use for that. Um, what it includes is either one or 10 uh, nasal swabs. These nasal swabs are swabs that are specially designed for use in animals and, um, so, and livestock in, in particular. So sheep, cattle, goats, um, horses. Um, the advantage of them is um, not only do they have a, a very good um, um, sample collection surface on them, but they're, they're fast drying. And so within three hours of you collecting the sample, um, the sample has dried onto the swab and been inactivated. So that means that the swabs can just be sent um, back through the mail. And um, yeah, so that's what the kit involves. I, I, I've, I've packed, currently packaged them in three kit sizes, uh, which I, I'm hoping will cover the range of what people would like. So there's a single swab in, in one kit. Um, there's 10 swabs in the second kit and then uh, just one pool test. And that's useful if you just want a yes, no answer about a group of sheep, whether they have the mycoplasma bacteria in them. Uh, in that situation, I, I recommend people uh, try and sample animals that have the clinical signs of pneumonia that we spoke about before, Fiona, so coughing, um, a runny nose, exercise intolerance, that, that sort of thing. And the third kit also contains uh, 10 swabs, uh, but that's designed for 10 individual um, tests. So that's where you want to know the, when you want to know the status of individual animals. And the kits can be ordered through my website, joanlloydconsulting.com. Um, and I mail them out to you and you can collect your samples and, and mail them back to me and then I, I will email you your test results. Excellent. Thanks, Joan. Thank you so much for joining us on It's Time For You and sharing all your knowledge with our listeners. I'm happy to, um, happy to participate, Fiona, and uh, I, I look forward to um, us all working together to try and reduce the pneumonia problem in Australian sheep. Yeah, thank you, Joan, for all the work you do. You're welcome. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au Find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events later in the year. Thanks again for joining us today. Bye for now.